Hey, just a quick reminder that Stuck in the 80s is a partner of... I am the monarch of the sea. The 80s Cruise. Sail away with us in March 2019 along with Kenny Loggins, D. Snyder, Berlin, Starship, Sheila E., OMD, The Fix, English Beat, and more. It's all happening March 2nd through 9th on the Celebrity Infinity. For more details, go to www.the80scruise.com and tell them that you heard about it on Stuck in the 80s when you book. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Jen with one N. And today we take time out from our beloved decade to have a spring fling with years outside the 80s. It's the f***ing 80s, guys. Let's do what we want to do. Free love. It's the 60s dipshit. No, we had like Reagan and AIDS. Let's get the f*** out of here, okay? Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and, of course, the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast and many other great shows at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at, you betcha, clnsmedia.com. You're probably confused on several levels at this moment. Um, don't fret. I'll explain. Brad is still stuck in Las Vegas this week. So Jen with one N is here with us this week instead. I know. And I'm so glad to be on this very unusual episode of Stuck in the 80s, you guys. Very strange. People are going to question uh, what we're up to. Here's what it all means. Uh, earlier this week, Jen had this idea about, let's do a show about spring. And I kind of reminded her that, Way back in 2008, episode 121. Oh, yeah, 2008. <laughs> right. When we were all wee little kids, uh, we had done a show about uh, spring break in the 80s. And then I started thinking about it. I was driving home from, from Tampa Bay yesterday. And for some reason lately, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the uh, Sirius XM channel 70s on 7. Okay. And I don't know why. I think it has something to do with the innocence of the seventies as it pertains to my life. You know, I had zero, I was also jobless in the seventies mm -hmm. for that matter. I just, it just wasn't quite as depressing as it is now. Well, your rent was paid for, right? Right. You did not have a mortgage. No, I had to mow the lawn every week, but, uh, for which I got paid $2. So oh. that didn't really good. Maybe bought me a, a big Mac each week, but that's about it. Anyway. So I thought I almost called you at seven in the morning on my drive home to tell you this idea. I'm kind of <laughs> glad I didn't. Thank you for not. <laughs> I thought, why don't we take a break from the 80s 
and have a, a fling with the year outside of our decade. So uh, Jen and I have each picked years that are special to us individually, uh, and we'll rep those years in terms of uh, the movies, uh, music, television, pop culture, whatnot. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. When you first told me the idea, I was like, what the hell? Like, I, I did not know what to say. And then as soon as I stopped thinking about it, I, I knew. It just popped out and I knew. And so, yeah, this is going to be a good show. I, I mean, the point is kind of like, I mean, we, we love the 80s dearly. I mean, we've been doing this for 13 years. We certainly have proven <laughs> our love for the 80s. But we lived through other times too. I mean, I I have some great memories of, of the year that I'm going to talk about. And I have great memories of... of the year that Jen's going to talk about and, and other years, maybe not so much this year, but other years <laughs> in general. And it's like, why, why completely ignore them? And it, to some extent, as I'll try to show you with my year, there's, there's a lot of connection, a lot of connective tissue between, you know, before the eighties, even after the eighties with, with the decade we love so much. So what's your year, Steve? Okay. I'm going to rep the year 1976. Oh, what's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stinks? That's right, it stinks! Don't fall around me! I'm crying. What about my crying, Mick? At least you have crying! Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Hey, Engelbert. What? There's chocolate all over this ball. Look, Mr. Buttermaker, quit bugging me about my food. People are always bugging me about it. My shrink says that's why I'm so fat. So you're not doing me. You're going to quit. So let's quit. So 1976, I am nine years okay, old. I'm three. Okay. Three. Okay. So not. we don't have a whole lot in common. We, can you walk at age three? Or do, do kids walk yes. at age three? <laughs> you can walk and speak. I don't know. I don't have a kid. Yes, they can walk at age three. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> they can and they and they can speak. They can. Speak I mean, I don't know about coherently, but yeah, they speak. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. I can't say coherently at fifty. So there we go. So here's. So here, let me hit you with some of the things I love about 1976. Uh, let's start with the movies. I'm not going to lie. Uh, some of these remain among my favorite movies, and I watch them every time I can. Uh, the top movie at the box office that year, mm-hmm. Rocky, mm-hmm. the original one, classic. Um, some of the others in the top 20, Silver Streak with uh, Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. You've got All the President's Men, the, the movie about the Washington Post uncovering Watergate, which pretty much guided me into my career, which guided me into joblessness, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, Bad News Bears, classic. Logan's Run, one of my favorite science fi- fictions. And then um, Midway, which I think I talked about at the John Williams show because it's one of the first movies I remember my dad taking me to. He used to take yeah, me to yeah, war yeah. movies, as, as I guess a father does with a son. And so to this day and, – and when he was sick uh, the last few years of his life and um, weekends where I would take care of him – uh, we would queue up all the old war movies that we saw in the past, and Midway was always one of our favorite ones to watch. Oh, that's a then. good memory. So, let's talk about the music for a second, <laughs> because I'm not going to lie here either. <laughs> a lot of the music from 1976, Disco, Soft FM, a little too much KC Agreed. and the Sunshine Band, a little way too much Captain and Tennille, 
And the number one song of the year is Silly Love Songs by Wings, which has got to be one of the most irritating songs. Oh, God. Songs. Am I in the minority to say that I really like that song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, okay. think you're in <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst Wings song, but uh, it's it's up there. Um, but a lot of uh, really great classics are also uh, from 1976. Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. from Queen. You have Sarah Smile from Hall Notes. Golden Years by David Bowie. Dream On by Aerosmith. And this can't be but fun song. I do. You like this song, Jen? I do. It's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like any song that's named like Saturday night or Friday night. Like even in current day, as long as we're cheating on the 80s here, you know, your Katie's Perry, <laughs> those kind of songs, like they're just fun <laughs> and stupid. And it's kind of the kind of song you want to, you know, when you're getting ready to go out, it's the kind of thoughtless <laughs> song you need, you know? Yeah. I, I remember when I was that age, I had it on a 45. And I would just play it nonstop. You know, and it was just out of a really bad stereo where it just came out sounding like the original Thomas Edison. Nice. You know, did, did it have an automatic, like the, the needle would go on and off automatically? Like when it, because some people have. Oh, gosh. Maybe. <laughs> You're really stretching my High memory. Tech. I don't know. Yeah. I can remember the scratchy sound of it to this day. Um, and then I squealed with delight when um, Mike Myers featured it in the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm-hmm. When his his dad dances around to this song every Saturday night, so that that was that was kind of a, a nice moment. But um, if there's one album that probably meant more to me in 1976 than any other at that time, uh, it's uh, "Destroyer" by Kiss. Wow. Yeah, I was kind of a Kiss maniac back then. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Which I mean, that was I was probably their core. I was probably their target audience in nine year olds. But um, do you remember when but, when they took off all their makeup? When was that? When did, when yeah, did that happen? That was like three or so. Okay, nineteen three. By that time, were you out of their demo? Like, were you? Oh gosh, yeah. I, I left them in. I, I stuck around with them to the Dynasty album in 1979, and then I, I called it quits after that. I started then I started listening to the Cars and Journey and Triumph. Oh, that's right, you had like a mentor. That. I remember that from a previous. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. I'm sure that guy would be shocked today to learn that I, he's my mentor as far as music goes. <laughs> um, but Destroyer was great. It had Detroit Rock City, God of Thunder, Shout It Out Loud. It had Beth. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, my friends and I, would go around we would put little cardboard cutouts on our tennis rackets to look like guitars and we'd steal our mom's makeup and paint our faces to look like members of the band oh my god see that makes me feel better that i used to like cut socks to put over my hands to be like michael jackson or madonna (laughs) like fingerless gloves you know yeah makes me feel a little bit my mom my mom uh understood my passion so much that she made me a kiss um pillowcase where she like little painted little faces of the band members on it. And I slept with that thing like every night for like three or four years. That is so, so. sweet. Do you still have it? The pillow? No. You know, I'm such a jerk. I, there's so many great things that over the years that I have had, like, the, like I've never saved my concert stubs. 
you know, I should have saved, I should have saved the pillowcase. Why didn't I save the pillowcase? Why didn't you save the pillowcase? No, I mean, because you're young and you're not going to ever get old. That's why. Gosh, it's just far more depressing than I thought it was going to be. Let's talk about television. (laughs) Television always took you up. (laughs) Television television was the best in 1976. And let me give you, here's the, it was a dream lineup. And here's the top 10 shows of 1976 by ratings. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, MASH, Charlie's Angels, The Six Million Dollar Man, Beretta, One Day at a Time, Three's Company, All in the Family, and Welcome Back, Cotter. Hey, yo, Vinny. You got it? What? My English homework. Epstein said you do it. Oh, no, Freddie, man, I went smack out of my head. Last night, last night, I was sitting down ready to do it, right? The phone rings. It's Kiki Kornberg. I couldn't believe it. She asked me to come over because she's afraid to watch Laverne and Shirley alone. Is there a loser among those? Except for me. (laughs) Oh, no. I was just about to say, like, remember when I was talking about how uh, little Jen watched TV nonstop? This is the year. These are the years that happened. Like, even at three and four, you know, this is when I started watching it. Although I must say that as a kid of the 80s, all of the shows you just mentioned with maybe a couple of exceptions. Those were the shows that were on after school in constant rotation. Yeah. yeah. Like Beretta, maybe not so much. That was the um, only one that I wasn't as familiar <laughs> with, but, but every other one. Yeah, for sure. There's still, there's still an episode of $6 million man where um, he encounters Bigfoot that gave me nightmares for, I believe the next 30 years. <laughs> and I think having talked about it on today's show, the odds are two to one that I will have a Bigfoot nightmare tonight before bed. You don't think well, you maybe conquered your fear here right now? No, no, probably probably not. Probably not. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, other notable things from 1976, real quick. Uh, the Concord entered service. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak formed Apple Computer. Uh, the U.S. had a bicentennial. Uh, the average yearly salary, 16000 which wasn't too far off from my starting salary in 1989. <laughs> uh, and NASA unveiled the space shuttle. So let me ask you a question about this year. I vaguely remember a lot of bunting around, <laughs> but but then I watched, um, you know, years later, Dazed and Confused came out and it, ha- it took place in 1976 and, and that was sort of a backdrop, the whole bicentennial thing. What do you remember about that? The Did you have a bicentennial pillow, for example? <laughs> Damn mother wouldn't give me a bicentennial pillow. Oh, she's so mean. Um, I remember special um, quarters, I think. Like okay. There was a bicentennial quarter that came out that had a um, – that is the one memory that sticks in my mind. And I think my parents kind of like sat me in front of the TV a few times to, to you know, at a, you know, big national celebration type thing that was televised. And I sat there and watched it and they were trying to explain to me, you know, why this is important. And I was nine years old and not really having <laughs> – still worried more about Bigfoot than I was about <laughs> – than your your nation's proud history. Yeah, I, I know. I, I mean, I would. I would. It'd be fun to celebrate a a, a big, nice, uh, you know, anniversary like that at our age now. But I guess not. So, yeah, we shall not live to see the three hundredth one. I don't know that many. That's people. fine. So that's fine. So so tell me about the year that you're infatuated with outside the eighties. So the year that leapt to my mind was the year of nineteen ninety one. Come with me if you want to live. It's okay, Mom. He's here to help. It's okay. Robin Hood steals money from my pocket, forcing me to hurt the public. And they love him for it. 
As I've mentioned before, the year I graduated high school, and more importantly, when I met my best friend for life, Lucy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this this year has a lot of, you know. I was thinking later, I was like, maybe I should have been like the year my daughter was born, but that was <laughs> kind of a crappy year, to be frank. <laughs> but 1991 was pretty golden, right? So I had a bunch of really close friends in high school. And and that was the first year, I think, because I, I moved around a lot and I went to four different high schools. So by the time I was graduating in 91, I, I did actually find sort of a, a tribe, um, which as every you know f- teenager and former teenager knows is really important and really makes for a fun time <laughs> at school. So um, yeah, so 1991, um, the movies that were around... These are the movies I didn't see. <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, just, just as a little context. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came out that year. City Slickers, which I did see and, and thought was funny. Father of the Bride, uh, The Prince of Tides, which I've never seen and will never see. But the movie that I really... There's a few. There's a few movies. I'll, I'll be quick. But Terminator 2. Wow. Which made me obsessed with Linda Hamilton and her arms. Well, I'm obsessed with Linda Hamilton and her arms. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I saw that and I was like, holy crap, like you can look like that, especially when you remember the um, the Sarah Connor of the first movie, because she was so different. Oh, definitely. And she was, oh, she was such a warrior in the second one. And, and I remember just being like floored <laughs> by the whole thing, by just all of it. And then at the time, the technology was really great for the, the T2 Robert Patrick guy. And it was just, I loved it. I loved that movie so much. Um. And then the other movie I'm thinking of is Silence of yeah. the Lambs. Yeah. Are you familiar with Silence of yeah, the Yeah, it's the only movie that maybe makes the whole, puts the whole Bigfoot thing in context. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But I'll tell you, I, I was obsessed with this movie and it actually launched my friendship with Lucy because I remember we were in theater class together. I know, surprise, I was in theater class. Um, but I remember call, like finding her phone number, finding her dad's. I knew she was a doctor. I knew her last name. Finding her dad's number, and because I didn't have her number, and being like, "I'm going to go see Silence of the Lambs. Can you ask her if I can if she wants to go with me?" <laughs> Basically, I asked her dad's secretary, <laughs> and she wound up calling me back, and she sounded so suspicious and like kind of creeped out. But I was like, "I'm just going to go see this movie. Do you called Silence of the Lambs about this serial killer? Do you want to go with me?" <laughs> What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. They were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs. They were screaming. 
So she said yes, and we became best friends uh, ever since. And we wound up going to see the movie like, I don't know, four times in the theater. Oh, man, you're sick. Yeah. We loved it. Well, you know what we loved about it was Jodie Foster. She was such a smart, strong badass in that movie. I mean, not unlike Linda. Well, unlike Linda Hamilton, but they were both badasses. So you can see our sort of common <laughs> common thread here. Um, but yeah, Love, Sounds of the Lambs. And then the last movie I'll mention is Thelma and Louise, mm. the movie that totally cemented our friendship. Because, you know, every every set of best friends that went to go see Thelma and Louise that year somebody's a Thelma and somebody's a Louise. And so then that becomes your thing. So technically she was Louise because she drove, but <laughs> practically I was the more Louise of the pair. <laughs> but yeah, but I didn't, have, but I didn't have my license. So she technically was the Louise, but uh, yeah, we went to go see that the night I graduated high school. Jeez. Let's keep going. What do you mean? You sure? Yeah. So that's that's how meaningful that movie was yeah. to me. No, I'm, have I'm, you seen Thelma movies? Tell me you have. Yeah, oh yeah. But I mean once. Okay. And I was just like, okay. But I mean, you know, it's not a guy movie. It's probably, it's probably the most anti-guy movie there is. So as a guy, you don't... Yeah, I don't know if it's anti-guy because Harvey Keitel is like down. Yeah, so. but I don't, I, think, don't I don't think I was old enough at that time to realize that Harvey Keitel was cool. I was still suspicious right. of the man, you know? Just this whole movie just makes me worry. <laughs> so I don't know why. You should watch it again. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if I ever get a girlfriend again, I'm sure I'll be subjected to it. So that's just a matter of... No, no, that's maybe that could be a part of your um, your game. Oh, let's watch. You could like rent it. I don't think anybody would believe that from me. So, what about the music? What about the music of nineteen ninety one? So that's this is the big year, right? That Nirvana comes out with "Smells Like Teen Spirit," which at the time was made a mark on my psyche, but not a deep one until more albums came out. You know what I mean? And we really found out who Nirvana was. But do you, do you remember when that song came out, "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? Yeah, I remember. Like that was still in the time in my life where I was still trying to be, you know, current and like current music and like everything. And so, you know, I tried to be grunge. How'd it work out? Not, not what do so you well. think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will say about this song that it makes a really fun karaoke song. You wouldn't think so, but it's really fun. And it's really fun to sing because you can kind of, especially if you're like feeling mad. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like at your, the end of your rope. Smells Like Teen Spirit is the best song to sing at karaoke. I, I would be tempted to put the Weird Al lyrics into it instead. You you could make that choice. Yeah. 
you could do that. I'm just saying it's an it's one of it's an option that I'm pondering in my head heavily right now. All right. Well, I uh, there's other songs that came out that year, and a lot of them I just did not like. Color Me Bad, for example. Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brian Adams at this point was singing songs I did not care for. Um, <laughs> I mean, even my, my dear Prince came out with Diamonds and yeah. Pearls, which is probably one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite Prince album. So it was, it was not, I, I don't think music was, I, I was probably still listening to 80s music at this point. I mean, which was not that far from the 80s, but, um, but one thing that I, one song that I loved, one album that I loved was, uh, Losing My Religion. This is when I started really started listening to REM. Yeah. Was probably around this time. I, 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 I loved REM pretty much start to finish. Uh, I definitely love their last album as much as I love their first. And I give them credit they they really they didn't really um, lower the bar at all during their their. Well, I shouldn't say that. There were some moments that everyone, even REM, probably wishes they hadn't done. But for the most part, they were pretty consistent, and, and I, I love them for it. Yeah, I agree. I think those moments are pretty few and far between because I, I th- can think of so many songs and albums now that I still love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yay, R.E.M. Yeah, there's, I wish, is there an R.E.M. station on um, Sirius XM Radio? Because there should be. I would listen to that quite often. I don't know. There I haven't heard be. of one if there is one. What, what about television? I mean, I, I kind of remember um, the early 90s as being kind of, a, kind of a glory days for television. Am, am I remembering it wrong? If you remember the last show, we were promised a wood-sniffing demonstration by our own Al Dare to be Dull Borland. <laughs> Blindfold in place, Al? Yes, it is, Tim. Okay, step in position there. Ready? Yes. Aim, fire! <laughs> <laughs> Just checking if you're breathing, Al. It's on. Um, I don't think so. I mean, there were a lot of sitcoms happening at this time, which is so funny when I think about it now, because I'm so used to like one camera shows now, not in front of a studio yeah. audience, like very stylized. And, and I, I guess, I mean, maybe The Office is where that started. I don't know. But um, yeah, but the, but these like multicam in front of a studio audience comedies were still going strong. So there's like Murphy Brown, Cheers, Home Improvement, uh, Coach. I love Coach. Which I, I didn't love Coach, but I did have a huge crush on Craig <laughs> that's Tina. So, that's <laughs> so unlikely. Know why. No, yeah, I don't know. I think it's from Poltergeist. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, there was a lot of shows on that I did watch. Um, I'm picturing the one scene where he, with his stomach in uh, Poltergeist. Before, before after, after, before, yeah. after, before, after. And that's when wow. I fell in love. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so 91 was also the last season of 30 something. Uh, I know you love 30 something, yeah. Which was, I know, I wish it had gone just one more season. I would have loved it. Um, but I will also mention it was the first summer season of Beverly Hills 90210, mm. a show that I love to love to oh, hate. Really? At the beginning, I, I, I liked it a little less ironically, <laughs> but as I got older and the show got older and all the people in it got older, I, I started, you know, kind of, as they say, hate watching it, but, but with love, with so much love in my heart. But so what was interesting about Beverly Hills 90210, yes, there was something interesting about Beverly Hills 90210, is that it actually started in the fall season of 1990, but then 1991, they started showing new programming in the summer. Uh. 
which was so smart because no other show was doing that. Everything else, all those comedies I just mentioned were showing reruns. And so everybody was tuning into this fairly new Fox network to watch brand new shows for teens and tweens, I guess. So I would, yeah, I always thought that was so brilliant. But anyway, again, my, my friend Lucy and I would always get together and watch an episode of Beverly Hills 90210 in the summer because they were new and they were like, you know, out in the California sun and like (laughs) doing teen stuff. I don't know. (laughs) I, I remember I watched this show, not willingly, but, um, in the mid nineties, I'd gotten a job back in Tampa Bay and I was working for a daily newspaper, uh, then called the CMP times, but I was working the night shift, um, as a copy editor. So I would work from like three in the afternoon till one in the morning. So I'd come home, I'd, you know, finally pop off to sleep around three and then I'd wake up around 11. Um, at that time, my, my first wife had already gone off to work and I didn't have enough energy to get out of bed. All I could do is turn on the television set. And every day it seemed like Beverly Hills 90210 was just starting up. Nice. Like a rerun. And so I'd like, oh, I, I guess I'll, I mean, eh, it's either this or I have to actually get out of bed and do something. So <laughs> I have been like, you know, halfway tortured with that show for, for years, at least while I was on the night shift. But can you see the appeal? Yes, I mean it's it's highly watchable. Yes, it's you, highly watchable, and yet it's it's like reality TV today. You start watching, you're like, I'm not going to watch this show. This is just beneath me. And then the next thing you know, you're you've binged five straight episodes of it. So yeah, right. I get it. you're like, what's happening? Who's get who's get going to date Dylan? You know, it's always <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, Beverly Hills done it too, and it was sort of like the first crack cocaine of the of the TV world. You know, oh, I'm just going to take this one tough puff, and that'll be it. I'll, I'll be exactly. fine. So. Yeah, and I would be remiss to say, as as far as we're talking about um, TV in 1991, this was Roseanne's, I would argue, sweet season. I mean, the the end of season three and the beginning of season four. I think that just the show was firing on all cylinders, and this was kind of the year too that I remember Darlene started becoming sort of gothy, and she dyed her hair jet black and wore heavy eyeliner. <laughs> like <laughs> sort of my my favorite Darlene. Was uh, was that version? But yeah, I think at the time Roseanne was was uh, such an awesome yeah. show. I I never watched it. I, I just I never thought she was funny. But you know, I, I get there's an appeal there. Uh, there was, there was 1991s also had some pretty interesting pop culture moments. You had the Rodney King uh, beatings in Simi Valley, right? Yeah, for first yep. and I remember. Well, there's also there's also one um, sort of pop culture moment that happened that you're probably thinking of right now. Everyone that's listening, you're like, 1991, what else happened in 1991? The Japanese asset price bubble pops, people. What? Am I right? What? Right? <laughs> what? All right. So <laughs> in the 80s, right? The the 80s when, you know, Wall Street and and dynasty and shoulder pads and lots of jewels and, and, you know, just over the top conspicuous consumption was happening in America. So too was it happening in Japan. And they called it, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try, Baburu Keiki, which means in Japanese bubble condition. So it turned out this was this economic bubble in Japan from about 1986 until 1991. And, you know, we have we are familiar in our own country (laughs) with these sorts of things where real estate and stock market prices are are hugely inflated. And at some point, 
the bubble has to burst, right? So it happened right after 1991. And then that, that period of economic stagnation that followed came to became, came to be known as the lost decade, which actually turned out to be more like 10 or 20 years. Anyway, 1991 was sort of the last year of this glorious golden or gold plated <laughs> time in Japan. And I will. I will say no more until we talk in the seggies. Hey, speaking of great years, 80s fans, how does 2018 sound to you wine fans out there? Not because the vintages so far have been noteworthy, but because Stuck in the 80s is partnering up with Bevstow this month to give you a great deal on something we all need, more room in our fridges. Bevstow is the ultimate wine storage device. It creates additional storage capacity by horizontally attaching directly under any glass refrigerator shelf. It's easy to install, easy to remove, and it's guaranteed to hold up to 10 pounds. Don't drink wine? No worries. Bevstow works on liquor bottles, soda bottles, water bottles, you name it. And because you listen to Stuck in the 80s, you get a special discount of your own. Save 25% on Bevstow when you use the promo code PODFAN25. Bevstow is only $19.95, but saving 25%? Hey, that's more money to spend on wine. Go to sit80s.com slash Bevstow, that's B-E-V-S-T-O-W, and enter the promo code PODFAN, P-O-D-F-A-N-2-5. When ordering, you'll seriously be helping out our podcast, and you'll keep the show free for years to come. You know what else will keep running in the show for years to come? The, the Seggies. the mystical refrain that is I want my mystery TV theme song. It's been a while since we've uh, done this seggy so much so that uh, Jen and I had to stop before the show was recorded to go all the way back in our notes to remember, did, you know, how, how many months ago did we do this and what was the song and what was the TV show? Anyway, we, just to make sure, yes, just to double right, check. Cause we don't want to waste your time. Uh, pay attention. Here is the last time we did the mystery TV theme song. Yeah, that's Mama's Family. Let me just say, um, I'm shocked by the number of people who got this one right. Really? I, I never... I, maybe I saw Mama's Family once. And I swear, I, you could you could wager me $1,000, I would never have gotten that theme song. Huh. I feel like that show was only on like Saturday or Sunday afternoon, <laughs> like before Hee Haw. You know yeah, what I mean? It was, like, like, it a, was never a show I watched it was at like, night. Or it was on at like at 7 from 7.30 to 8 or something like that. Some weird slot. Uh, anyways, some of the winners this week include, uh, and, and I, I apologize in advance. I may not have everybody's name. Uh, Jennifer Pond, who still misses her big 80s hair. Lynn, Nebraska, Jeremy in Stashville. I like that, Stashville. Is that a real place, Jeremy, or are you just kind of like uh, in love with your facial hair? Uh, Tom Korn in Austria, Fred in Boston, Jimmy Anderson, Dave Dirt, Steve in Denver, Jeff Penney, uh, Canuck in Cali, Jonathan Thompson, Nanooks in Pasadena, Maryland, Edward in El Paso, DJ in Clinton, Bad Bart Pickard, Jen McCarthy, Trebek's Mustache, again, starting to be curious about this. 
Chris Cooling and Forgotten TV, who of course got this one because this is a Forgotten TV at its best. And uh, Michael Mockrock Hayes. And finally, Chris B. Critter. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Um, Jen is particularly happy to be here this week um, Uh because she picked, we promised a very difficult challenge the week she was here and 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 some of this might be my fault it might be my fault because you said one second and maybe i maybe i gave him more than one second so anyway let's play it first and see what happens this was the uh clue last time around that's fight for your right to party by beastie boys Of course it is. Of course it's Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys. Okay, you read the winners. All right. Winners include Roxy Forrest of Boonville, Indiana, Kurt Rain, Fetch in Evansville, Ryan the Pirate King. Hey, Ryan. Eric in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> Joe Siski. Christine in Philly. Just kidding. Christine in Philly. John in Dallas. Jonathan B. Aaron Shirley in Canada. Rob Stroh. Brett from Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Dim. Chris Joy in Huntsville. Alex Millimeter Peter. Ryan in Napa. Andy T. in Arizona. Richard Manning. Molly from Raleigh. Mike Electric Boogaloo Meehan. Cass in Cincinnati. Ryan in Montreal. Benoit St. John. Donnie Gettle rhymes with kettle. Or metal. <laughs> Alan Titus, Natalie, a.k.a. Buckeye Girl. Eddie B. from West Seattle. Victoria and Big Bear. B-Rock from North Dakota. And J. Frabe, CPA, who writes, Brad, you really butchered the name last time. Never had to spell it out via syllable before, but I guess that is my bad. J. Frabe, CPA. A in Frabe is long and not short vowel. Thanks for butchering the name. Made me laugh. Also, BTW, I went to school at Southwestern OK State in Weatherford, so love when you talk about your time in Weatherford. Oh, that's nice. Brad will like that. Yeah. <laughs> Brad will appreciate that shout out. <laughs> okay. Why don't you spin the wheel, Jen, and let's pick a winner. Okay. I'm going to make no effort because of my incredible Linda Hamilton Terminator 2 arms. How easy that was. How know, easy. Let's see. <laughs> yet it will never stop spinning. Uh, here, I'm just going to stick my arm out and make this thing stop. Hey, the winner is Kurt Ryan. So, hey, Kurt, email us your snail mail address, and we will get something out to you shortly. If you missed our last show, the, I actually did find the trucker hats, the, the 80s cruise trucker hats. But I think three of them are spoken for. But if I promised you one and, and you didn't get a one from me, which you didn't because I haven't mailed them out yet, uh, drop me a line let me know. In the meantime, I am going to take care of a great injustice. <laughs> I have I have very little to do during the daytime now. So today I spent it on a special montage named that 80s tune. These this this is a 10 song montage and they're all piano intros to 80s songs. So 10 songs, the first notes of songs that are done in piano only. So ready? Three, two, ready, one.
Do you get it? You want to play? Oh, I want to play. I want to play. Here, I'm going to play. I know everyone's hitting pause right now to rewind, but I'm going to play it one more time. Here you go. So here's what I want to, for the winner. First, I want far fewer shorter names. You need to name the artist and the song of all 10 songs in order. I assure you they're all. And the key. And some of them are pretty obvious. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, it's just a matter of sitting down and jotting them down. Anyway, you know the drill. Uh, send your answers to podcast at sits.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, we're back. We got a few minutes left. I thought let's play an old game called "What's Your 80s Obsession." First of all, I want to say that my 80s obsession has totally been 70s on 70, which is not an 80s obsession at all. So I will lend my time this week to Jen. Jen, what's your 80s obsession? Oh, sp- spring fling! Before I get into the obsession, I just have to. I just found it so delightful that we were given the freedom to pick any year that was not in 1980. And you chose 1976 just before the 80s, and I chose 1991 <laughs> just after the 80s. So I just thought that was wonderful. If we do this again, yeah. people, let and, us know. Do you like this idea for a show? If you do, we'll do it again. We'll have other people on and hear what their spring flings are. Or if it becomes a summer thing, then what's the name of it then? Oh, I don't know. Maybe everybody like, know. you know what, guys? The name of your show is stuck in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick with what you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> Much We love hearing about the space shuttle, Steve, but please stick to the 80s. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, Jen, what is your 80s obsession? So, I'm not for my 80s obsession going to say that the Americans has started their final season. I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> Because I feel like you I sneak in the an honorable mention I know, every I, single time. I do. I can't help myself because you guys, this season is so good. The first episode <laughs> star. The first episode had um, let's see, Crowded House, um, a song by Crowded House, a song by Talking Heads, and I can't remember the other one that I was like screaming about. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not kidding around. <laughs> Time. I mean, it's just like I don't see. I don't see it in the notes. I'm like, gosh, he's not going to do an honorable mention this week. <laughs> all right. So this is really what my '80s obsession about is about. Right? And I promised. I, I did a little uh, historical walk down history um, history lane. A walk down Japanese Tokyo Wall Street Lane earlier when we were talking 1991. And no, I don't. I'm not an expert, obviously, in this um, era in in 
Japanese history, I just read a really cool New York Times article last week that I have been so interested <laughs> about this time. Uh, so the name of the article is Bright Lights, Big Shoulder Pads, A Timid Japan Recalls Its Bubble Era. And they had me with bright lights. All right. So we will definitely link to this article in the uh, the podcast show notes. But so th- this is where I learned about this, right? As it turns out, young people like millennials, y'all, young people in Japan are now reenacting this time in history, that bubble era. So what one way they're doing it is like there's there's limousine companies that are offering rides through Tokyo's streets and they're called princess parties. And and you like, you know, young women who don't usually spend a lot of money because everyone's so, you know, frugal these days. They they go and they get like I mean, just imagine the prom at the crew at the eighties cruise, right? They get dressed up in like these kind of what some might describe, not me, as like garish and, you know, fancy kind of get-ups. And then they cruise the streets and then they play like poppy 80s music really loud. And like, this is happening right now, people. Like, this is a trend that's happening in in um, in Japan that they're looking back at this 80s, this beautiful, magical 80s era in their country. Because for a long time, I think they were embarrassed about it, at least according to this article, that it was a time, you know, for a long time, people were like, oh, it was too over the top, you know, and it led to this this economic downfall or whatever. But yeah, I was just so excited to hear about this, that like other people <laughs> in other countries are recalling this era, this this decade in time. And so when you go to this New York Times article, you have got to check out this video. It's by a band called Bed In. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh my God, it's Japanese Bananarama. Like, no joke. <laughs> the choreography, the music, the clothes. I mean, I, I just, I'm so tickled by this whole article and the whole idea. And um, it gives me a chance to say Japanarama. So, <laughs> so there's that. Coming. I should have, but, but I did uh, not. This is fantastic. Hey, let us know what you think of the Spring Fling shows. Uh, send in emails if you have a year that really stands out in your mind outside the 80s that was impactful to you. But in the meantime, we remain here, right, with Japanorama. Jen and I, <laughs> hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. You know who else we keep the... You know what else will keep the... <laughs> I've had too much, not enough wine. That's the problem here.